Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. Dr. Bill Kanaski here. This is brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic uh, podcast, particularly for the uh, our audience members, and many of them uh, work in the transportation industry, either as a trial attorney or you're a uh, trucking company employee, you're a safety director, even drivers listen to us. And uh, our guest today, uh, I found him uh, through a, a couple of posts that I saw online. And the moment I saw uh, what he was doing, um, it really hit me right in the heart because, um, you know, when I was in graduate school and gave my PhD in clinical psychology, I did a lot of work um, in uh, exercise uh, adherence, uh, dietary and eating behavior. And as you all know, I'm a, I'm a major fitness and health nut. And uh, my guest today is doing something very special, Mr. Mark Manera from Supply Chain Fitness. Mark, how are you? Doing good, Bill. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Excited for the conversation. And uh, yeah, I, I love talking about uh, fitness. I love talking about trucking. Yeah, and well, it's 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 actually a fantastic combo, and it really needs to be an important combo because. Well, we all know it's um, it's one of the it's got the reputation of being one of the uh, least healthy um, professions out there because you got, you know, obviously, if you're driving, you have a lot of sitting. Uh, I believe the incidence of smoking and tobacco use is really high uh, with drivers. And uh, and and then if you're not watching what you eat, right, you got to yeah, you got a, a, a weight issue on top of that. So that, that's really like the trifecta of really bad things. And what we need is we need healthy drivers um, and we need just healthy people overall uh, in, in the industry. So let's start off by tell me a little bit about, about your, um, your background. I know you're a physical therapist and tell me about, about your background. Um, what got you in the physical therapy and then what made you make this crazy transition into a real niche market here, which is the transportation industry? Yeah. So three and a half years ago, I didn't know a single person in the trucking industry or, or supply chain as a whole. Um, I was working, at, I have, like I said, in my background, I have a doctorate degree in physical therapy and I, I'm here in St. Louis and I was working in a, a PT clinic south of St. Louis in a, a real rural city and uh, in walked in a bunch of truck drivers. And it was my first time getting to know a bunch of uh, drivers on a personal level. And Honestly, first time that I saw what 20, 30 years behind the wheel can do to someone's health. And yeah. it threw me down this rabbit hole of the trucking industry. And, you know, long story short, there, there was one driver in particular that that really uh, um, pushed me over the edge. And I, I can go into that story if that's something that's interesting. But long story short, just like what I ended up seeing is that I dug deeper and deeper into the industry, just completely changed the course of my career. And you know uh, what you said earlier about one of the unhealthiest, most unhealthy industries, I'd argue it is the most unhealthy, highest rates of obesity, yeah. highest rates of diabetes among any other occupation in the United States. And really the the stat that struck me the hardest as I was initially looking into it was the fact that truck drivers have a, a life expectancy yeah. 16 years less than the average population. That's and insane. That's insane. It, it was crazy to me. And I couldn't even imagine like putting myself in, you know, behind the wheel or in their yeah. shoes of losing almost two decades of my life just because of my career choice. And, you know, for, for me on the healthcare side of things, like, I don't think anyone's career should define their health, but that's exactly what's happening in trucking. Right. And, you know, honestly, when I, when I first read that and when I first heard that and I was, you know, seeing the people in the clinic firsthand, like it pissed me off and like, it mm -hmm. still does. And it was, 
at a point of like, how could we just ignore this? And I, and I decided I couldn't. And, and I started a corporate health company called Supply Chain Fitness and really haven't looked back since. That, that's really outstanding. Obviously, uh, there's a need there. And it's it's a weird dichotomy of having people that are so important to our everyday life, right? Having the most unhealthy, right? Uh, some of the most unhealthy uh, uh, jobs. Um, so, uh, you know, being able to make uh, uh, such an influence, and I know, I know it's probably in its infancy, uh, and it has a ways to go, but I, I think that uh, uh, for you, it's been really uh, so far so good. Yeah, I know when I when I came into litigation, uh, you know, from clinical neuropsychology, many of my family members and friends were like confused, like how, like I don't understand, like what are you an expert witness? I'm like, no, no, I was like I'm using psychology in this very unique area. And, and having this like massive impact. Whereas if I would have just stuck to traditional psychology, just like if you'd be stuck in a uh, clinic right now going through, uh, you know, some dude's uh, total knee replacement rehab yes. protocol. I mean, you know, I, I wanted the dynamic nature of the field. I just, I wanted to do something important and unique. And that's, it sounds like that's something um, well, that, yeah. that you're doing. I, I, I had the same exact, yeah. you know, I really resonate with that because what I was doing prior to this was I actually had an online coaching company where we worked with uh, weightlifters, powerlifters, professional CrossFit athletes, and helped on the strength training side of things. And so what I was seeing was like, you know, um, yeah, it's cool to help Joe, you know, put five pounds on a squat, but if I can help, you know, Bill lose a hundred pounds and, yeah. and control his diabetes and, and be able to stay a truck driver and, you know, support his family, like, man, the impact of that was, you know, so much more. And also I just saw this huge gap in, in the industry and no one to, it, to me, no one was really stepping up and really yeah. building something specific for drivers and like just you know putting the stake in the ground and, you know, shouting from the rooftop of like, Hey, this is a problem. We can't sweep this under the rug anymore. And like, yeah, I'm here to build an actual solution and not just do lip service saying, oh, drivers are unhealthy, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So I think I think I had two important points there. Number one, there's a driver shortage. So if we Correct. can keep drivers healthy, they stay in the industry longer. It, I'm not saying it solves that problem, but definitely, you know, makes a dent uh, in it. And then I, I think there's a, and this is an argument. Um, I, I think a healthy driver is a better driver. I think a healthy driver is a safer driver. Right. And, and um, so I, so I think, um, you know, what you're doing um, is absolutely sensational and very important. Now, what I'm, what I'm wondering, and I want, I want to get into your program here in a second, go over the various uh, services uh, that you offer for your clients. But I know like in, in my industry, and typically it's, it's a little different because there's typically an insurance company, um, you know, involved that you know, pays for my services and stuff like that. But I know that you know the number one barrier, you know, to my services is 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 usually cost. Is oh yeah, like what you do is great, but you know we don't want to pay for it. We can't afford it. Um, and I imagine that um, with what you do, there may be kind of an initial, um, you know, barrier of you know we have all these other expenses, and you know you know we really can't afford it, but. Can you talk to, because I always have to go around explaining the kind of the cost benefit ratio to my clients, like, hey, yes, it costs money, 
but here's all the value you know you're going to get uh on the back end that is very long lasting that makes this a no-brainer uh from a value perspective uh kind of what's what's that kind of talk that you have when when you first meet potential clients um about about the value of 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 of, of creating you know uh, drivers, uh, programs for drivers that uh, to make them healthier and to keep them behind the wheel longer and uh, in a safer manner. We're all friends here, right? So I'm going to yep. pull the curtains back. I'm going to pull the curtains back and, and just like, you know, Lay it uh, up. Yeah. show the, the entrepreneurial journey as well. Because yeah. I, as I started this, you know, I've learned a lot, a lot of lessons in the last um, three plus years uh, of just working at the B2B level of selling into trucking companies. And, you know, uh, that is a really important part uh, I think the mission driven aspect only goes a certain way, but if a company is wanting to make an actual impact, um, or like implement this, they have to have a business, you know, they have to show the business ROI and cost. And when I started supply chain fitness, I looked at health as, you know, it touches all these different areas of a company, you know, safer, dri healthier driver to safer driver, less work comp claims, yeah. you know, health insurance costs. You yeah. know, productivity of, you know, increased truck utilization from less days away from work, um, you know, uh, retention from fail, less failed DOT physicals or mm. less medical retirements. And I was really trying to sell supply chain fitness as this, you know, magic pill that was a solution for everything. Yeah. Right. And when you do that, you end up selling nothing. Right. Yep. And yep. what I was recognizing on the corporate health side of things was there's a lot of soft ROIs. I think there is definitely an ROI. You know, I think it's just, uh, it's a little bit more challenging to point an arrow from A to B and show this is why this happened or this is why we, you know, cut down driver fatigue and and then that caused less safety accidents. And what I was recognizing and when I was speaking to a lot of, you know, these VPs of HR and executives at different uh, trucking companies is that actually the, the industry as a whole has these chronic diseases like diabetes, like hypertension, you know, yeah. like obesity really deeply embedded into um, the industry as a whole. Yes. And when you look at it from a health insurance cost standpoint, 86% of all healthcare costs in the United States are directly associated to chronic diseases. And so we're actually, it, it's, <laughs> it's absurd. You know, when you look at it, across the industrial sector, yeah. transportation, warehousing, manufacturing, construction, the whole industrial sector spends over $540 billion a year on healthcare costs. Crazy. Directly associated to those chronic diseases, which is yeah. nuts. Um, and so what I was recognizing now, what we're moving towards, we haven't announced, we actually started an, uh, uh, a new company that we're pulling supply chain fitness into is actually a chronic disease management company. And it's focused on working initially with self-insured trucking companies on the health insurance side of things. Nice. Also some companies that are trying to become self-insured and mitigate some risk before taking that leap. And then also some industry specific captive groups as well and helping them, you know, their, them from a, a company standpoint, mitigate risk and cut down healthcare costs yeah. um, by managing or preventing chronic diseases in their, in, you know, in their driver base. And the trickle down impact that that has is obviously, you know, we know from a DOT physical standpoint, the number one and number two reasons from a, a failed DOT physical or getting handed a temporary card is uncontrolled diabetes, uncontrolled yeah. uh, blood pressure, right? The chronic diseases from a safety standpoint, the amount of uncontrolled diabetes and heart attacks that you see are strokes um, that end up you know, being brought up uh, in court during a nuclear verdict 
case or, or you know, I, I won't even try to lie about the, the legal side of things. But, you know, those are some of the things that get brought up from a driver's health standpoint. And what I was recognizing was that that is really the button that we need to go after because, you mm -hmm. know, from a driver's standpoint, it, it's what impacts their day-to-day -day life the most. And also from a cost standpoint, it is the thing that is, you know, keeping HR benefit departments uh, up at night because there's just so many hospitalizations, emergency room visits, uh, surgeries, and, and these healthcare claims due to these chronic diseases. Yeah, the financial implications is just, it's a staggering. Um, Crazy. And, you know, so back when I was in psychology, and one of the reasons I left, um, Right, you know, right around, you know, you know, early 2000s, you know, 2000, 2001, 2003, I started my career in 2003. So um, um, a little over 20 years ago was I knew that as a behavioral scientist working with whether it be cardiologists, exercise physiologists, PTs like yourself, we, we could design the greatest exercise and dietary programs in the world. And no one cared. And the reason why was back then that was when the that was the pharmaceutical company heyday, and it uh -huh. still is. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know the, the the pharmacy is a lot more packed than the uh, your local fitness center. Unfortunately, and I say that to be a real problem because that really, it's really not solving the underlying issues, which are which are mostly behavioral. Um, Yes, I know genetics plays a role in, in certain conditions. I, I I get that. I don't I don't need to start a fight on the on the podcast about that. I've had people yelling at me. Um, but as you know, some of the statues rattle off, you know, it's like nine out of the top ten causes of death in this country are behaviorally based I mean, and fully preventable. And uh, you, you mentioned diabetes, the high blood pressure, which leads you know a lot of heart disease uh, issues. So tell us, because I, I think there's three issues. I know I know that that I'm very interested in when it comes to driver health. And then I do want to talk about the because you keep saying it, and I totally agree. The industry, it's not a driver thing; it's an industry. Because trust me, I've been at headquarters to many of trucking companies. And it's not like walking into a health club. Um, you know, other people, you know, dispatchers are sitting there all day. There's a lot of just the way the industry, you know, functions leads it lends itself to a lot of uh, unhealthy behaviors. But um, you know, exercise, diet, but 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 then sleep. I think sleep hygiene is the kind of no one really talks about that enough, and we have the whole driver fatigue issue. Cover that last, but start stop with diet and exercise and some of the programs. Uh, you offer and, and and talk about the importance of those and 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 what can be done to really turn the tables here on some of these negative health behaviors. Yeah. So, I mean, before I get into that, I wanted to just bring sure. up like the, the pharmaceutical thing that you just mentioned, yeah. right? Makes you me know, nuts. I, I think that there's, uh, there's obviously, it's a pillar of the solution, right? It's a yeah. big thing. It, some of these medications are, are life-changing. It can help a lot of people, but um, when you look at the the actual guidelines of a lot of these medications, it's take this pill and also make lifestyle changes. But people a lot of times yeah. just read over that aspect. And you know, you're oh, seeing yeah. it right now with a um um the the weight loss uh, GL um the weight loss medications starts like, with uh, an O. It starts with an O. Oh no. Yeah, I know it's, it's been uh, all over the news. Yeah. Um I can't think of it, but um yeah, it also like the medical terms like GLT one yeah. or something like that. Now that's going to bug me regardless, right? It's like you take the pill, you lose the weight, but at the end of the day, um, you are 
also needing to make these lifestyle changes so that once you get off of the pill, you don't just go back to your regular habits that have been instilled into you and gain all the weight back. Ozempic. Right? Um, Is it Ozempic? Ozempic. Yeah, yes, yeah. Ozempic. <laughs> oh it. my gosh. Yeah, I found uh, it. Regard- yeah. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, yeah. on the heart, 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 you know, high blood pressure, hypertension, statins are life changing, right? They are really amazing. They, everyone who has high blood pressure should be, uh, you know, adhering to their medication along with making lifestyle changes. Right. And yeah. so what we see us, you know, what I really see the gap, especially for drivers, but I think it's in the industry is really that white space between doctor visits, right? The actual mm-hmm. day-to-day life where these lifestyle changes are, are, coming into play and where we fill in the gap is, is our real three big pillars are what you mentioned earlier is like the exercise, nutrition and accountability side of things as well. And I think that accountability thing is to me really where the magic happens. And we talked, you know, before the, you know, phone came or before we started this podcast on, you know, the, the inside their head, the mental aspect. And I think having a coach is a really big, important part of that. And I think there's also an aspect of, you know, having something that speaks directly to the drivers, shows them that, hey, we get it. We understand your lifestyle. And we're not here to, you know, shame you for the fact that you sit behind the wheel for 12 hours a day. And that's how you keep a roof over your family's head. That's not productive coming at a driver and saying, you know, you're screwed because of that. Right. Yeah. But if we're meeting them where they're at, we're breaking things down and giving them those bite-sized pieces that are like the highest leverage activities that they can fit into their day-to-day life anywhere they're at any time, that's where we start to see some of these behavior changes happen. And then when you pile, you know, some accountability in a relationship with a coach, which a lot of these people don't even have anyone in the realm of health or healthcare or the medical field that they can talk to or that they have a relationship with. And so that's kind of where we start is, you know, when you get onboarded into off shift, it starts with a real relationship with your coach. You know, then we focus on giving you the one healthy habit that, you know, our algorithm on the back end shows that is, you know, setting you up for the most likely to be successful based off of your starting point, your condition, your long-term goals, and your lifestyle. And so from an exercise standpoint, that starts with being able to to give them actionable advice on what they can do anywhere at any time. And so Mm -hmm. we've got programs you can do in the back of your truck outside of your truck or at home. We have video and written instruction of me doing exercises in the back of the truck, showing them how to do it and giving them a resistance band. So all they need, they we ha- they have all yeah. the equipment they need, right? Because thinking, you know, you need to find a gym is just a, an added barrier that, you know, sure. honestly stops a lot of people from, from getting out. And also um, when I started this whole program, it started with me going into a bunch of trucking Facebook groups, which, yeah. is the wild west for someone who is not in the trucking industry. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Re- Re- uh, Reddit has a few. I've been on the TikTok oh, yeah. ones. It's yeah. Very yeah, unique, so I- very unique cultural, yeah, definitely. Well, unique. and and it was awesome. It was it was yeah. like an experience for me, you know, seeing the people in the clinic but then getting really d- diving deep into the industry and I found 20 different drivers who beta tested our first program, which is just an out of this outside the truck exercise program for drivers. And uh, I was on the phone every single day with, or every single week with each member. And one of the members, her, her name's Blake. She's still a member today. She's actually become one of my really good friends in the industry. She said, Hey, I don't feel really comfortable 
outside at the truck stops working out. I've got a bunch of people <laughs> staring at me. And yeah. then also sometimes uh, it's really cold. And also sometimes I don't, yeah. I, I'm not in a place where it's safe for me True. to be outside the truck. Very important. Um, is, is there any way we can do this in the back of the truck? Like, can I do this inside my truck? And I was like, well, I never thought about that, but let's give it a shot. And so we built out the inside the truck program and I'm glad I listened to Blake because it, yeah. it's now our most popular program. It's the thing that drivers oh, I are imagine. most excited about. And a lot of times it's a light bulb moment for them because they've never thought about doing something in the back of their truck or they're like, this is way too small back here. I can't do anything. And so yeah. we've got circuit-based exercise routines. We've got stretching routines. Um, we also have some just accountability around going for a daily walk. That's, you know, a starting place for some of yeah. these drivers, right? Um, and, and so, you know, some of the aspects on, also on the exercise standpoint is time is a really big variable for a lot of drivers. That is Huge. the biggest thing I'll, yeah. I'll hear drivers say, I don't have time for this. Well, no. we've got things you can do in five minutes or less. I know for a fact you're scrolling through TikTok or Facebook for more than five minutes a day and you don't have to drive anywhere new. You can do it right in the back of your truck. And we also have things, you know, 10 minutes. We've found 20 minutes to be this really good sweet spot, especially for the circuit yeah. exercises. Um, but that's really an overview of the exercise standpoint. And then on the nutrition side of things, you know, I think this goes outside of just drivers. Uh, I think this is just anyone in general. Is, Anybody. I think a lot of people think when they're starting a diet or they're making changes to their nutrition, it needs to be this 180 flip in their whole lifestyle and they mm. need to change everything. And you know, start all these new things and hold on for dear life. And then, you know, you set yourself up for this unrealistic, unsustainable change that you end up holding on for about a day, two yeah. days, maybe a <laughs> week, and then you're back to square one. And, yeah. you know, going back to the mental side of things, that just stacks a failure internally. You're like, I just failed this. And a lot of people, especially as they get, you know, into their 30s, 40s, 50s, they've got 15, 20 failed attempts internally. That's how they feel. And they feel yeah. as though, it's not possible to make changes uh, because I, I just, I'm not a diet person. Right. And so well, there's there, well, they, they defeat themselves mentally. And then that turns out to be the biggest bear of them all. Exactly. And, and so what we do is we take a habit-based approach and we focus on like very actionable um, high leverage ac activities that drivers can do anywhere at any time and start with one habit that as it becomes a part of their day-to-day -day routine, then we stack other habits on top of it and really focus on the mindset of, hey, this starting place, can you see yourself re realistically doing this in five years from today? And if the answer is no, then we probably need to start smaller, yeah. right? Because I think a lot of people try to bite too much off, especially when you have the trucking lifestyle. But going back to what you just said, it goes past trucking. It is this whole it industry. Is. The supply yep. chain as a whole is a very hard demanding industry and it's really easy to put your health on the back burner. And yep. so we, you know, our, our bread and butter is drivers, but we work with the whole fleet. We work with the whole company yeah. from, you know, executives to dispatchers, to warehouse, to dock workers, to the drivers, uh, which typically have the, the, the more difficult or more unique lifestyle when it comes to some of these changes. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Cause I do think it's an industry industry thing. And in particular, if you have a, you know, um, other people in the company, you know, on board with this, that, that kind of helps everybody from a, from a motivational standpoint. Cultural um, standpoint, exactly. Yeah. So I, when I was getting my PhD and I still, am kind of a research junkie. I, I love to, to read the latest, you know, uh, you know, research out there um, on fitness, uh, you know, general health. Um, and once they, they came out, 
about 20 years ago. It's been replicated a couple of different times. I think it's important for this particular topic. And again, this is for everybody, but specifically for the driver, could they have the pretty intense uh, time restrictions? Was that uh, exercise effort and benefit is cumulative over the week? Meaning, so when someone says, well, I can't work out, you know, an hour a day, five days a week. I just don't have the time, right? Well, number one, you don't need an hour a day, right? Yeah. And I know they've shown it's like, there's like a minimum, I believe, which is uh, about 10 minutes. And you start stacking 10 minute chunks throughout the week. All of that adds up cumulatively at the end of the week to meet your overall cumulative minutes. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes consecutive, which allows for a, a, a lot more flexibility and scheduling, right? Yeah, I mean, and I've seen the CDC throw out even five minutes, right? Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing an activity that is moving, you know, getting blood flowing, pumping your heart a little bit. It doesn't matter if that's, you know, two minute extra or or 10 minutes. Uh, it, it all stacks up and is accumulative, right? You know, it'd be good to do it in a five minute chunk just because it's easier and it stacks up a little bit higher, uh, quicker. But, you know, I think what that does is it also gives drivers a really unique opportunity to fit these physical activity more into their day-to-day -day life. And so, you know, habit stacking it on top of, you know, before or after their pre-trip, you know, when they're filling up gas, doing some stretches or doing a couple of laps around your truck, you know, when you're getting at the truck stop, parking in the back, walking a little bit further, um, you know, after you get done driving for the day, right when you put the truck in park, you know, go in and go for a walk or do a little bit of, you know, do some resistance band exercises and find those like anchor points in your day-to-day -day life where, you know, you over time instinctually just say, okay, you know, I, I did this. Now I'm going to do this physical activity or I'm going to do this stretch. And over time that just becomes habitual. And it, you know, it makes a huge difference, you know, especially yeah. when you expand it on a consistent basis over a 10, 20 year career. Yeah. Now, okay. You're, you're way too young for this. Sylvester, okay, you know Rocky or Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, one of, one of one of my favorite guys, by the way. Um, I really really like him. Um, he's he, he's he's posted uh some things on on TikTok and 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 uh he's really and Tulsa King's fantastic. I hope they come back with that. I he's absolutely fantastic. He looks, I mean, he's like what seventy four and could probably kill both of us simultaneously with his bare <laughs> hands. His worst movie was in nineteen eighty seven. And it was called Over the Top. This is, oh, yeah. there's no, you do remember? Okay. So yeah. I was going to say, hey, so here's the, right. So he's a truck driver and he's bouncing around, right. And he's stopping and he's getting into these arm wrestling competitions, right. That's like the theme of the movies when the mic. But do you remember the setup he had in the cab of the truck? Describe this to our audience. Cause it, like he's driving this 80,000 pound truck and he's, he's doing the, he's doing the oh. arm wrestling thing with the, with the spring device, right. It was like the, yeah. Old I don't remember exactly, but his like arm was like he was kind of making a a football field goal with his arms, yeah, at, like a his his, his uh, shoulder at like a ninety degree angle, and then just like doing an doing the arm wrestling internal thing, yeah. rotation, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking that uh, if he got into an accident, the, the well, that's my uh, point, Mark. Yeah. That's my point. So I want to make something I, yeah. very clear. I want to make something we're not very talking clear about when drivers are, are driving. Okay, yeah. two things I want to make clear for our audience because I want either of us to get sued. Okay, number one. You're a doctor of physical therapy. I'm a doctor of psychology. We're not medical doctors. So we're not giving medical advice. Number two, I don't think exercising while driving is something that you would necessarily think that's a good idea. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, though. I was on a 
when I was started this whole thing, I was on a webinar with someone. Um, there was like a, a group of like three people and there was a, a driver who was really into fitness and yeah. um, uh, she suggested doing some bre- breath work and like ab contractions while driving. Okay. And I was like, but no, 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 I, oh, and then that. she got into some other stretching and stuff like that. And I was like, Hey, I, I, no, let's let's focus on the road. Let's fo- there's a lot of time outside of when when the trucks in park where your your focus needs to be on the mirrors okay. and and the windshield. Let's not Listen, even focus I, I gotta on gotta anything. Admit, I got to admit when I have to drive, I fly mostly everywhere. But you know, I, fly, I mean, yeah, you know, doing that little uh transverse abdominus uh little vacuum hold, you know, for that 30 seconds while you're I I I kind of like that, you know, keeps the waist, you know. Yeah, I just I don't want anyone to say uh, I know to get into an accident that I suggested. That. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my disclaimer. Uh, okay, so I, I think road. I think that's yeah. cool. So let's let's say yeah. mostly yeah. exercise for out for outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That 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 sounds good. Now, um, as we know, um, and uh, truck stops. I mean, the food options for these. Uh, men and women and women. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you follow the uh, the women in trekking movements. Uh, really, really popular. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, Ellen Voya has been on uh, on the show. She runs that. Colgrove. The, the food options for these folks are are very very bad. I mean, you know, it, what it's it's what Hardee's, Popeyes, and McDonald's. Uh, th- th- those are not going to work, right? How do you attack the dietary issue and, and snacking? Because I know I I am positive because I do it. There there are ways around this where uh, if you play your cards right, you you could actually extraordinarily healthy and really just avoid any of those fast food options. Yeah, so I mean I think the the worst the, the worst enemy for a lot of drivers is the the Dorito bag, the family size mm. Dorito bag next in the passenger seat, yeah. and they're just like mindlessly eating, and then all of a sudden their hand hits the bottom and they've got like uh you know cheese <laughs> cheese dust on their fingers and they're like oh crap <laughs> yeah. how, how did i get here right um yeah. and the same thing goes for you know i had a driver who who drank two 12 packs of soda a day oh, of, of pepsi uh, I, I, but here's the thing that i empathize with is i can understand if you're on the road and you you know that's why smoking is very popular yeah. because you just want to do something right you're driving yeah. and if you have a can of soda I'm probably, you know, chugging a couple of cans of soda as well if I have it in front of me and I'm I'm yeah. just bored and mindlessly drinking, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think from a standpoint of like truck stops, fast food restaurants, here's here's how I look at it. I think I, I look at it very similar to the standpoint of drivers are sedentary for 11 to 13 hours a day, right? You can look at the situation, you know, glass half empty and just be like, poor me, there's no options, there's nothing I can do. Or you can say, hey, at anywhere I drive, at anywhere I go, there is a healthier option, Yep. right? I can go down aisle two and grab a protein bar instead of going down aisle one and grabbing a Snickers bar. They're everywhere right? now, by the way. Well, first Correct. of all, I, I mean, you know, my wife goes to Costco. I stock up. And when I travel, I have no less than four or five protein bars in my bag. Oh, yeah. of an emergency. But if you go to any gas station now, and by when I was growing up, it was just the Snickers, the Milky Way, the yeah. Twit. There was zero healthy options, but now they typically have a little section uh, between protein bars, beef jerky, a lot of high protein stuff. And and combined with, again, I did not have this growing up, a lot of real sugar-free options for, you know. It's grown more uh, and more. Yeah, Um, and and so the the options are out there. 
I know, I know that. So I think edge, obviously educating drivers on how to choose wisely, but I would also think, and I, I'm wondering your experience with this is uh, uh, particularly back when I was a student and I was poor, right? Like really poor. I mean, I'd pack yeah. my own lunches um, and I'm thinking uh, um, what, what advice you know, do you have as far as, um, cause I think what the, what the drivers can do is uh, do all this work ahead of time, right? And, and pack it in a cooler or, or whatever type of device they have to, to keep things fresh where they've already yeah. outlined their meals and there is no decision to make because you've made it before you even get in the truck. Yeah, I mean, I think if you have the mental bandwidth to do that, that's yeah. amazing, right? I think it depends on the type of trucking, right? You've got like, I break it up into like, you know, there's obviously a, a gray area here of like, you know, you got your dri drivers who are home every night, local drivers, you've got, you know, more regional people who may be out for a couple of nights home, hope home a couple nights a week or, or once a week. And then you have the OTR drivers who are out for weeks yeah. or months at a time. Yeah. There's some drivers in our program right now who live in their truck full time, right? Yeah. And I think it depends on on what your circumstance is. To sure. be honest, if if I'm out for a week of trucking and I'm home for 48 hours, I think it's going to be I think that's a hard sell to say spend sure. two of those 48 hours meal prepping, right? Yeah. I know there's a lot yeah. of drivers who have spouses who really help out. Um sure. and then the other aspect being there's, you know, there's a huge culture uh, in trucking of like uh cooking in your truck. I've seen some TikToks, I've seen some Facebook groups of man, I, I want yeah. an invite to to dinner at their truck because I've seen they're this. cooking steaks. I've, I've seen they're, this. They're, I've seen it's yeah. like it's like a tail. It's like a tailgate. It's a tailgate exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not a bowl game. Yeah, yeah I um, oh. but but here's the thing that we're doing right now is you know we're educating drivers around uh you know we've got restaurant guides wherever fast food or whatever they're at here's the healthiest option at that restaurant we do snacks of the week and truck stop guides of like, here's how to build a healthy meal at a truck yeah. stop. Here's some ideas on healthy snacks. We're also starting to dabble in ordering groceries for drivers where we connect oh, wow. to their Instacart and send and ordering groceries directly to the truck stop for them. And so we're really trying to find ways. I say like a push and pull where, you know, yeah. we're pushing them and, and showing them the easiest options and breaking it down into those bite-sized pieces yeah. while also finding ways to pull and like ordering groceries. So to make it as easy for them as possible to make their health a priority. And like how I look at it for drivers, I think there's just a lot of these contextual data points on a day-to-day -day basis that making the healthier choice is either harder, it's not as easy to access, or it takes more effort. And so how can we use automation technology and our relationship to drop that barrier and make it as easy as possible for them yeah. to pick the healthier choice? And so we're looking for ways to do that. And I think there's more creativity out there as well. That's that that's just terrific. Let's let's wrap this up with with sleep hygiene. I mean, again, this is not it's especially important for the, the drivers. But again, this is not even an industry issue. I think this is a human issue. I think yeah. we all suffer from it. Um, it's it's uh, and I don't necessarily think this popping melatonin every night is a, is a good is a good idea for the long yeah. uh, term. How, how do you how do you tackle that issue because you know the driver fatigue um in many of these accidents uh you know that we work on in litigation is a significant uh factor or at least it's it's alleged to be a significant factor um how do you how do you tackle that issue 
Yeah. So I will say sleep is definitely an aspect of it, but it's not nearly as much, uh, in the forefront as, as exercise and nutrition is for us just, just to be very, you know, transparent. Uh, but from a sleep standpoint, you know, I think one thing we always talk about is like making sure people adhere to sleep apnea treatments. And if they are at risk of sleep apnea, helping them, you know, uh, recommendations on, you know, getting treated and, um, you know, seeing if they have sleep apnea, but then also, you know, I think the environment is a big aspect. And so there's a lot of habitual things that you can do around, you know, cutting down screen time, going to bed on a consistent basis, you know, waking up and and going to bed on a consistent basis, which can be tough as a driver, right? Um, Creating the perfect sleep environment in your truck, right? You know, there's a lot of studies out there that shows, um, you know, drivers get a lot worse sleep, you know, when they're in the truck versus at home. You know, some drivers will say the opposite because their spouses <laughs> depends on who's at home them. with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, finding ways to you know get uh, blackout uh, curtains. You know, using uh, using like white noise or putting you sure. know headphones in so it's less noisy. Keeping your truck cool, getting a nice mattress and pillow and comforters so you, so you're comfortable and um, you know as much as you can, getting a consistent schedule so. You're not going to bed at three o'clock in the morning one day and 8 p.m. the next day, right? Uh, That's with those things that mess you up. And so that's kind of some of the habitual things that that we focus on. Outstanding. Well, listen, man, you're doing a fantastic job. Um, I wish you all uh, the luck in the world. Definitely want to keep in touch. For our listeners, tell, tell them where they can find you. I know you have a website. Yeah, so uh, supplychainfitness.com. We're on all social medias at Supply Chain Fitness, or uh, if you're on LinkedIn, connect with me at uh, Dr. Mark Monero. And I know you have a podcast. I have a podcast. It's definitely taken a a, yeah. a, a back seat. Um, so uh, I I think it's called. Oh man, now I'm I'm losing. You don't know your own it's damn been... podcast, Jesus. Yeah, geez. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, I'll tell you. It's, it's trucking fitness radio. Go, yeah, I'm glad I'm here. Radio. Jesus, Louise, it's wow. Been a long day. Oh boy. Sorry. Wow. I'm you were. Sorry. Yeah, I tell you what. You were just hitting the home run there and just yeah, we're gonna, the finish we're line have to and cut this out. We're gonna cut. Went kidding. into I'm a just... guardrail and went uh, off the exactly. road. Exactly. Oh, but I saw. God. I saw. Thank I think you. you have like. I think you have like. Tw- let's see. You have 23 episodes, which uh, which yeah. look really. Um, good and uh and that's part of your uh website so we'd encourage our our, our people in the industry to to listen Go uh, check it out. Uh, uh to that and then uh any of our listeners that want to you know look at your website listen to the podcast contact you for to probably uh uh hopefully an engagement of some sort so i think driver health is a major major issue right now because of the shortage and just you know uh because these are such important people and them being healthier um, is a, is, is, is a good thing for all of us. Yeah. If, if a company's listening out there and you're self-insured on the health insurance side of things, or yeah. you're trying to become self-insured or you're part of a captive groups that's trying to mitigate risk. So you get more yeah. return at the end of the year. Uh, let's talk. I, I think there's a lot of opportunities on the chronic disease management side of things to cut down costs. Yeah. And we work with captive groups as well. And I'll definitely spread the word. I'd love that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, Mark Monero, Supply supply Chain Fitness. Thank you very much. And for our listeners, thank you so much for participating in this episode of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. We'll see you next time.